personality? Who purchases his music? What does his music say? What is he trying to say? Why does he call himself Jesus? Now, what does that rhyme with? That's what he calls himself. Now, understand that. Now, I'm not talking to the intellectual minds in here who, you know, we know better. And I'm going to get into some of that a little later. We know better. We can kind of understand. It's not meant for us. It's meant for the next generation. Cause them confusion. Get them thinking in the wrong direction, in the wrong way. It's gotten so bad, his music has reached so many people, one of his followers formed a religion off of his music. They even have a Bible. This is not a joke. You can buy this on the internet. People buy this. In Rolling Stone magazine, February 2006, this is what Kanye West said. The Bible had, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 characters in it. You don't think I would be one of the characters in today's Bible? Come on now. That's what he said. And again, yeah, he's braggadocious. But what influence is this? This man is saying this. You got to understand the book of Jesus. This ain't no fictional thing. This is for real. This is out there influencing young people. So if you hadn't heard his music, I'm going to give you a homework assignment a little later on. Let's do it with a disconcerting way. Pay attention to what's going on. See, how many of you have seen young people with their ear, earphones always in everywhere they go? They just walk and just beating the head all day, every day. That influences folks. It gets in your subconscious eventually. And before you know it, you're acting a certain way and you don't understand why. Let me give you, and, and we as adults, we have the wrong conversation with our youth sometimes. I'm gonna give you an example about myself. When I was a teenager years ago, I was a Prince fanatic. For those, I know young people sounds funny. I used to like Prince when I was a teenager. And my grandmother who raised me couldn't stand Prince. I used to have Prince posters on my wall. I know, seems strange. But I used to have Prince posters on my wall. And my grandmother came in my room like, ah, oh, he's dirty, he's nasty, he's raunchy. He was all those things. He was. I just liked the beats and the music. But the thing that made it different, this is one thing I explain to young people all the time, and this is what I mean by having the right conversations. See, back then, I understood, so did my generation, that the music was just entertainment. And that's how we looked at it. I wasn't trying to be Prince. See, when I was 16, 17, I'm the same height as I am now, 6'3". So can you imagine me walk around my school in John C., Tennessee, where I come from, in the hallways with some purple stilettos and a ruffle shirt? <laughs> they would think, He's, Lynn needs some help. <laughs> he may be a star basketball player, but he needs some help. Because I understood Prince was entertainment. I understood that. Let me tell you where the change started happening in the early 90s. The entertainment industry started to understand that we can make this into a lifestyle. And when they started making it into a lifestyle, that's when things started changing. So now when you look at people like Lil Weezy, Snoop, Drake, Baby, Young Thug, 
They look like everybody else. They look no different. Prince looked like Prince. Michael Jackson looked like Michael Jackson. Madonna looked like Madonna. Now you can't distinguish from the young generation and the way these artists are dressing. It's all by design. That's why when we talk to young people about the music, they think like, ah, oh, hey, what you talking about? You know, you, you listen to the music too, so what's the big deal? But it's the difference is our music was entertainment. The music that's been put out today to you young people is a lifestyle, and that's why you fight it so much. I first started learning, for those of you who don't know or never heard this artist, there was an artist in the 90s called Tupac Shakur. Got killed. Now, I was going down to detention facilities talking to young people, same type conversation 20 years ago, because he got killed about 20 years ago. Same type conversations. And I'm trying to explain to them about Tupac, because Tupac was kind of big with young people then. So I said, hey, I follow Tupac. I know where he came from, out of Oakland, California. He was a roadie for Digital Underground. Shot G, the producer, said, hey, you are a roadie. You can rap. Let me put you on this one song on a Dan Aykroyd movie that they were doing a soundtrack for. I put him on. So that's how Tupac got started. So I explained to young people about Tupac. And I said, but if he knows Tupac over the past couple years, he's changed. He's got thug life tattooed on his stomach now. He's then been shot and shot somebody, shot a police officer in Atlanta. Do your homework. So I said, hey, based on the way Tupac's going, he's not going to live too long. I said this in the detention facility for young people. Those young people were ready to attack me. The guards had to come and get them because they had jumped up and was ready to come after me. I'm like, whoa, what are you doing? This is Mr. Stewart. I know some of you in this room. Some of you, I've, I've, I gave you assistance to get your rent paid. I've been by your house and gave you food when you didn't have food. But yet, you're defending a guy willing to fight me over a person you never even met who don't even know who you are because of the music? I'm like, wow, it's getting bad. I've got to start telling people more and more and more that it is truly a lifestyle. And that's some issue, as you can see by Kanye West. Picture Kanye. That's nothing that a artist did. Those were in magazines. His publicists, his people put that out. It's Kanye West. Kanye West on cover of Rolling Stone magazine. I can't make this up. What are they trying to say? Why did Rolling Stone do something like that? Why would they do that? What's the purpose? It's not for me. It's for our young people to confuse them. Jesus, the passion of Kanye West. Come on now. Think about it. This picture right here. This was at a high school. I'm not going to misname the high school. This is for home. Coming home, King. He was throwing up a gang sign, influenced by the music. I've been to this school on several occasions, gave presentation, professional development to the staff, but I guess nobody's really paying attention. He hung these posters up all around the school. It was there for a few days before I came back again. And I saw the, I saw the post, I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Oh yeah, Mr. Stewart, he's running for Coming Home King. I'm like, wow. I said, don't you know what's going on? Everybody look, all the administration's like, he's running for homecoming king. I said, he's been influenced by the music. He's throwing up gang signs and so forth. 
And that's my next thing I'm going to is whole gangs in the music industry, Satan working through them. So I went to him since I knew him. He played on the basketball team. I said, hey, man, explain something to you. You're not fooling Mr. Stewart. Oh, what do you mean? I put that poster. I said, I'm giving you one day. I want all these posters down. For those of you who don't know, that's the gangster disciple sign going down. Blood's down. He was a gangster disciple. First he nodded and he said, okay, Mr. Stewart, you got me, man. I said, dude, you're not fooling Mr. Stewart. Come on, man. That's how much he's influenced and he was bold enough to put it into the school on his coming home king posters. Because it's a lifestyle now. And the biggest gangster disciple, and I'll tell you, that's another presentation I do, because so many people love him, I'm not going to put it up there, I'm not going to put his picture up there, but the biggest gangster disciple in America today is Jay-Z. Another presentation, another time. The biggest one in America. He promotes it in all, most majority of his songs. I'm going to another so-called gang member. Picture Robert De Niro and 50 Cents. Now, Robert De Niro is known for gangster movies, right? Some of his most famous movies, Godfathers. He's up there with 50 Cents. They try to blend everything together. 50 Cents, interview recently, MTV. They asked him, if you weren't in the rap game, the music industry, what would you be doing? He said, the same thing I was doing before I was in a rap game. On the corner with my crew selling my product. Now, I know some people may wonder where I get a lot of this information from. Not only do I do my research, but I talk to guys in prison also. And they tell me. They tell me some things to look out for. And they say, Mr. Stewart, pass it along to the, to the other people. They need to know. I said, I'll do that. Now, 50 Cent, he has a record label. It's called G-Unit Records. Now, you have companies that control G-Unit Records. You, he can't distribute the music across the world. He's got to get other folks to help him. So, you have a record company called Shady Aftermath Records that controls that. That's Eminem and Dr. Dre. You have another record company that controls Shady Aftermath. That's called Interscope Records. You have somebody that controls Interscope Records. That's called Universal Music Group. You have somebody that controls Universal Music Group. That's called NBC Universal. Television? You have somebody that controls NBC Universal. That's called GE, the appliance company. We bring it things to life. But you got somebody that controls General Electric. It's called Comcast Corporation. That's at the very top. So do you think the CEO of Comcast is going to allow 50 cents to be worth more than him? No. See, let me tell you how they turn into a lifestyle. See, corporations study people the way I study people. They understand that it's a lifestyle now. And they understand how young people like violence. If you don't believe me, one of the assignments I'm going to give you adults, when you get home, you want to have a good conversation with your child somewhere, you can kind of slide in on them. Ask your young people, when they watch YouTube, have they ever downloaded fights? You do know anytime a fight breaks out in school, somebody got their cell phone out recording it. Anytime a fight breaks out somewhere, somebody's recording it, putting it online. 
Again, I've done experiments with my young people. I've taken them to places where there's computers lined up. I've taken them to Oasis Center in, in Nashville, some of my young people. They had, a, they had a little computer area. I do it all the time. I say, hey, told my people, I say, hey, look, be back in about five minutes. Y'all can hop on the computers. It's blocked with some of the other stuff. But I said, look, don't download no, no fights and things like that. Okay, I'll be back in a moment. So I turn the corner. I peep around. They didn't know I'm there. What are they downloading? Fights. Can't help it. Because they're usually beating their head all day, every day. 50 Cent has a documentary out called Beef. He's in a documentary where he talks about getting shot nine times. I guarantee you, most of our young people know he's been shot nine times because when he got shot, uh, after he got shot and got into the rap game, uh, that was part of the propaganda to put him out there that, hey, he's, this guy's been shot nine times. On the documentary, he's talking about being shot nine times like it was no big deal. He's talking to the camera like, yeah, when I got shot, you know, one bullet went through my jaw, and uh, when my boy was taken to the hospital, I looked in the mirror and was like, man, they shot me in my jaw. Man, this man shot nine times. He's looking in the mirror like, man, I've been shot in the jaw. Now, I don't know about you, but there used to be a program on TV called, on Discovery Health Channel, they talk about emergency rooms. They show emergency rooms live. And I see people coming there with grazes on their arm from a bullet, and they're going crazy. Like, oh, my God, I'm shot. This man shot nine times. He got a chance to look in the mirror. No, they've told him to make it seem like it's no big deal. Not for us, for our young people. Snoop Dogg, notorious. It seems comical now. Snoop Dogg is the best known crip in America. Everywhere he goes, he promotes cripping. He's a crip. He advocates smoking weed. That's what he does. Corporate America, the entertainment industry has given Snoop Dogg four TV shows. Snoop Dogg Fatherhood season one and two on e-entertainment television. Doggy Fizzle Television on MTV, Stupid After Dark MTV. He's been on countless movies and countless TV shows. Again, these folks I'm putting up here, I'm not judging them. I'm just stating facts. This is not to judge. This is only stating facts. That shirt he's wearing, Crip Bandana colors, Snoop Dogg. That's what he does. He also makes adult films. Yes. I don't think we need to know things like that. If I know things like that, you don't think the entertainment industry knows, but they put them out there to make it seem like it's no big deal, to infiltrate our young people's minds. Young Thug. Give me my next picture. I can't see back there, so I'm going to read it up here. Young Thug's... Wait, could you go back to the next slide? Young Thug's fashion choices have stirred controversy uh, sometime now in Atlanta rappers' that admission to wearing mostly women's clothing is likely to spark debate Thug, who was engaged designer uh, Jerika uh, Carly, recently told GQ magazine that he wears women's clothes because women's clothes are slimmer than men's clothes. The jeans I got on right now, they're women's jeans, but they fit like they're supposed to, like, like they're supposed to fit, like a rock star. He later asked, the only thing I probably have in men's, in men's is like briefs, t-shirts. 90% of my clothes are women's clothes. Now, his name is Young Thug. Next slide. That's Young Thug. He's wearing a dress. That's what he does. Million dollar seller. Young Thug. Now remember, I said Tupac had thug life. 20 years later, now it's Young Thug wearing a dress. See how much has changed? Confusion for our young people. Utter confusion. Remember, these are million-dollar sellers. Now, I want to make this very clear. I don't want people to think that all African-Americans buy their music. 
African Americans make up 12% of the population in the United States and make up 37% of all entertainment costs. That's it. Next slide, please. Now, I'm going to how the entertainment industry has focused on the blood gangs, which Lil Wayne, Gucci Mane, Birdman, the gang. These are all gang members. They call themselves Bloods. The reason I put 130 million beside Lil Wayne's name, his, his record company is called Young Money. He's worth 130 million. Birdman's record company is called Cash Money Records, worth 170 million. Next slide. That's Gucci Mane. He's out of Atlanta. Let me tell you what the symbolism is in this picture. He has those birds, gold and the purple bird. Uh, the purple one is really uh, with rubies. Of course, that's a gold bird. In his music, he talked about the birds are flying. All of his crew, which is so icy entertainment records, they all wear chains with birds on it. That means the drugs are being flown in. That's how they make their money. Listen to the music. That's what the music says. That's why he got birds. If you look, to the, look over here, that is a gold baking soda box. Why would he have a gold baking soda box? When you're cutting up crack, you use baking soda. He talks about his music all the time. He makes no bones about it. He's been in and out of prison. Million dollar seller, millionaire. Next slide. Lil Wayne, look at his sign. He's a known blood, blood sign. Look at the bandana hanging out of his pocket. Cover Rolling Stone magazine. You don't think Rolling Stone knows that? Of course, they, he talks about he's a blood in his music all the time. Now, on the picture, since there's so many tattoos on him, he can't quite see. He has a five point star, which is the blood symbol. Right there below his neck, five-point star, the Bloods. See, the entertainment industry found out the Bloods make money. So let's incorporate all the Bloods into the music because that's the big money maker right now. Lil Wayne, Lil Weezy, next slide. That's Drake. Drake is part of uh, Lil Wayne's crew, uh, Young Money. That sign he's throwing up, I'm not saying Drake's a gang member, but he's affiliated with him as far as, he, far as who he hangs with. That's the blood sign he's throwing up. Show his affiliation to Lil Wayne. Young people say, nah, that's the young money sign. No, that's the blood sign. Drake comes from a middle-class family of Toronto, Canada. His mom was an educator. For those of you who don't know, he's been in a lot of trouble getting in fights in clubs and stuff recently. Can't help him. You hang with that type of element, that's the way it is. Next slide. That's Birdman. See that sign throwing up? Same thing as Drake just threw up. Birdman, the one that's worth $170 million, he has a five-point star tattooed on top of his head and on the side of his head. He's the one that got Lil Wayne started, AKA Baby, Birdman. Next slide. This is the CD cover of the games, one of his CDs. Now, this is after there was some outrage afterwards. I'm gonna put out the symbolism in this. The game is a known blood. Corporate America's giving him TV shows too. He's had two on VH1. Next slide. This is after, this is before, I'm sorry, this is before uh, people cracked down on the blood as far as the album, uh, as, far as, as far as CD cover. That's the game, that's the picture of him. So let me show you the symbolism in this. Remember I said, you got the bandana, that's obvious, blood around the picture of Jesus. Uh, you got the five rings around the heart. Remember five, five point stars, they're symbol. Look down at the bottom in Jesus' peace, there's a five. You look at the palm leaves, there's five. You look at above the palm leaves, there's marijuana leaves, that's five. Our young people know stuff like this. 
It's not having the right conversations. Next slide. I'm, I'm away from bloods now. Now, this guy's out of Memphis. Yo Gotti. Calls his music cocaine music. No joke. Million dollar seller. Out of Memphis, Tennessee. His videos on YouTube has one called Cooking in the Kitchen. Very instructional. It actually, show, actually shows your instruction on how to make crack. That's why he calls music cocaine music. Our young people know a lot of this information. Next slide. This is the study, the McLean study, suggests that while adults can use rational decision-making processes when facing emotional decisions, adolescent brains are simply not equipped to think through things in the same way. That's why we got to give them information. We got to inform them what's really going on. There's a spiritual warfare. There's a spiritual death going on with our young people. They don't realize it. They don't have the rational thought. Studies have proven that the frontal lobe, which is responsible for rational thought, is not fully developed until age 25. So if you stagnate that growth on some level through alcohol and drugs and the music, come on now. How can they think things through? How can they think things through? If we don't give them proper information. They need spiritual therapy. They need spiritual rehab. It's like if I was going through physical therapy right now and my shoulders hurt, why would you work on my foot? It's my shoulder. You're working on my foot. We don't understand why young people think the way they think because they can't think. We got to help them think. There's a spiritual warfare going on. That's how Satan infiltrates our young people, and we got to inform them. If you don't believe me, turn your radio on sometimes. Turn on one-on-one to beat the jams. Listen, watch the videos on YouTube. Have a good conversation. Next slide. Homework for parents. Like I said, YouTube, check it out. List the various radio stations. Buy the music magazines. Create a parent information network. Start passing information down. Somebody gets something, start passing it down. Find time for meaningful conversation. It's important. If you don't know, we can help inform you. That's what we do. Think about these things. Next slide. Last slide. If you don't think Satan is prevalent in our society today and infiltrating the minds of our, of our people, he has his own TV show now. You know that? Called Lucifer on Fox. I said money's eight. I think they changed it since I, since I put this on there. Now, Satan's been, a depiction of Satan's been in movies and television shows. They've had a TV show named after him. Where's the outrage? Where's the outcry? This is how far it's gone. It's up to us to do something about it. We got to give our people the right information. It's getting that bad to where it's that acceptable. And it starts with the music. I'm not down at all music. I'm just saying that you got to understand, got to listen to the symbolism, look, look at everything in the music, and think about it. If, it. if they can play Rocky Top and University of Tennessee and people go crazy, when they play Snoop Dogg, what do you think happens? I'm in on this story real quick. One of the guys I work with, he was homeless died a couple weeks ago. He was actually murdered. He was a heroin addict. 
he bought heroin. And I told him a week, uh, a month before he died, and I told Lamont about this, uh, that he died, because Lamont uh, knew I was falling fall, uh, fall along with him. Before he passed away, I spoke to him. I said, hey, man, I don't want nobody calling me, telling me you're down the street somewhere. Oh, no, Mr. Stewart ain't going to happen. I said, man, come on, man. For, you know, get, get into church. And he was in the church at one point. Do this, do that. Come, come on, we, we, I'm, I want to help you. I've been helping you for two years. Come on, man, do this, do this. The reason I'm telling you that he died, his girlfriend had told me, she's the one that called me and told me he was dead on the street. I didn't know until the news a few days ago, it was a teen that killed him, giving him a mixture of heroin and fentanyl. Knew it was a bad combination, but was getting a thrill kill. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. We're in spiritual warfare, people. There's a war going on right before our eyes, and it's coming through the music. And we got to recognize the signs and inform our young people and understand that the industry has turned it into a lifestyle. It's up to us to give them a more Christ-like lifestyle. It's up to us to give them a better spiritual walk. And Fourth Avenue Church is on the cusp of doing that. I'm so encouraged by what I see here. It's out there, folks. So let's be ready. Let's be prepared. Let's give our young people what they need. The spiritual therapy, the spiritual rehab, and the walk. in the shadow of Christ. Thank you so much.